Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 8. Here's Pastor Ryan. At Calvary Chapel, Bangor, Maine, with Pastor Ken Graves and his wife, his wife Jeanette. And um, uh, we were able to minister to about 82 kids. And so uh, I had the task of teaching them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And as our kids here would know, high schoolers, youth group, I don't have that many opportunities to teach them because I'm in here. Well, that's going to change now. So we're going to come up with ways where I can... And my wife can pour into the kids here more. The Lord is really speaking to us on a, on so many um, ministry uh, topics there. You know, being with Pastor Ken Graves, who he's a great man of God, and he's one of Chuck Smith's uh, favorites. I can tell you that much. I, I've been a Christian for 22 years, and I've seen the way Chuck used Pastor Ken Graves in Maine, and Chuck has been to his house and has just loved on him. And the Lord has really used him uh, in the ministry to, to men, basically, all over the country. I, I think he was, uh, you know, 50-plus speaking engagements for particularly men's conferences. So the Calvaries are always trying to get a hold of Pastor Ken. And if you would like to hear some good Bible teaching, solid stuff, check out Calvary Chapel, Bangor, Maine, uh, Pastor Ken Graves. And was under some trouble, some persecution from the the governor there uh, concerning the opening of his church and keeping it open. Keeping it open. And uh, so he went through all of that uh, drama and came out on top. Case was dropped uh, because of uh, certain Supreme Court rulings. And uh, so he's just a great man of God. And uh, we were able to just spend time with him and and spend time with the Lord there. And the family was just uh, super blessed. There's trees everywhere. They put us up uh, off the grid, they call it, you know, but, uh, you know, she thought it'd be nice by the lake. So it was a half hour uh, on a, on the main road. And then I get to this cabin and it's a two-story amazing cabin. So in the morning you wake up and you have the lake and there's no one for miles. The whole lake to ourselves. So in, in one sense, the devotions, the Bible just jumped out at me. My time with the Lord was amazing. The hikes were great. The teachings were, were great that Pastor Ken gave and his guys gave. And, you know, as assistant pastor, I'm walking behind him and he has no shirt on, just some shorts, some shades, beard. The men would never let any woman or anyone struggle with lifting something. The kids were on it. It was a, the athleticism in all of them. They're just rugged kids, love Jesus, you know. And I thought, man, what am I going to say to these kids? But, you know, I can listen to their pastor and to their assistant pastor pastors all day long to me it's they're, they're fascinating with their accents and their main i can listen to them all day you know and pastor ken teaches out of the king james version so some of the kids i was ministering to this one girl came up to me she's like i have um, a question about this verse or whatever and i grab her bible and i'm looking at a king james man and she's like 13 you know what i'm saying wow it can be done so <laughs> 
Yeah, I just, it was just an, an all of what God did, you know. To me, I was just like from outer space. I was from Mars, just a, a pastor, just totally different. And to them, I guess God used that. They were fascinated. And, and she did wonderful in, the, in, in leading of worship. And the kids were just so gracious and so blessed that we were there. And uh, they loved on us there. And it's so stunningly beautiful. Even though we were out in the boonies, it was still like just amazing. And um, but God spoke, like I said, Pastor Ken is really, you know, one of the beloved pastors uh, of the Calvary Chapel movement. There's just no one like him, and and Pastor Chuck did love on him. So being with him, I'd ask him questions of, of the old days of what Chuck would say. And you know, Chuck had been at his house. Chuck had eaten lobster with him in his home, and you know, Chuck and Kate loved Pastor Ken. And and in the East Coast, he's just one of our our leaders of the Calvary movement, and. He, he has that ministry towards men. That men ought to be men. And what he would say to the kids is, what are you going to be when you grow up? And if he, said, if he asked a, a, young, a young boy, a young man, the boys respond, I'm going to be a good man. They don't say what career they're going to have or what they want. What he, mean, what he wants them to say is, I'm going to be a good man when I grow up. And the same with the young girls. I'm going to be a good woman when I grow up. Just affirming who kids are, which is what they need today. And so my message to them was, you need to know who you are in Christ or this wicked world is going to try to redefine you. You need to know who you are. And as parents and as Christians, we need to reaffirm who they are. And so it was, it was a good time. And the Lord, how we had our youth thing and I was doing a youth thing on the other side of the country, kind of learning from a bigger church's perspective and, and watching Ken, who's, who's now going to turn 60 in, in October, participating and teaching the kids and just, it's like, oh man, I can't wait. So you kids are going to get a little bit more of us and more things happening. Um, that's for sure in our church. But uh, I feel the Lord's really going to really gonna do a mighty work of His Spirit. Because it's not every day that you get invited to go to Maine and hang out with that man. It just doesn't happen. And, um, but God, but God had a purpose. And so it was kind of like seminary for me. Um, but anyhow, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans chapter 8. The book of Romans chapter 8 will be beginning in verse 22. And give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we are so grateful again for your love, your grace, and your mercy upon our lives, Lord. There's none like you in all the earth. You are the maker of all things. You are our creator, Lord. From the mountains to the forests to the rivers and lakes and to the oceans and all of creation you've just you're the one lord and we give you all the honor and the praise this morning and ask that as we read your word that you would give us your children understanding and humble hearts to receive what you would say to us this morning holy spirit bring conviction convincing bring righteousness bring judgment mold us and shape us to be more like jesus and it's in your name we pray, and together we say, 
Amen. All right. So in Romans chapter 8, Paul the Apostle basically begins the chapter by saying, There is therefore uh, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so uh, Paul, again, talking about the struggle of the flesh that at this world is a fallen world. Our flesh is fallen. Our bodies have not been redeemed. What has been redeemed is our spirit, right? So the inner man and woman has been redeemed. You are clean because of the word Jesus has spoken. You are clean because of your faith in Jesus Christ. You are brand spanking new, eternal beings inside. You will not see spiritual death. But our bodies have not been redeemed, and that's why our bodies are getting older, and, and, and our bodies are, you know, within our bodies, there's, there's, sinful, uh, uh, na- there's a sinful nature to our bodies because they are fallen. And so Paul would, would say, good news, Christian, there's no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ, that if you fail in your flesh, and you blow it because of your flesh. It ain't over for you or for me. There's no condemnation. We have Jesus and the spirit of life in Christ that has been given to us. When you put your faith in Jesus, you receive his spirit of life by which supernaturally now you have help by the Holy Spirit, God himself, to walk in a holy life with God. And so for any Christian who wants to live right, they have, the, they have the ability through God to live right. We can't say to God, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm different than others, or oh, it was my flesh, or oh, it was the devil, or oh, it was this world. No, you and I have the Holy Spirit. We are called to, to, to walk by the Spirit, and, and in fact, to be born again. What does it mean but that, but that the Holy Spirit comes in us? and regenerates us and makes us alive. The Holy Spirit makes us alive. And that's why John the Beloved in his gospel, the first chapter, he says that we have been born of God, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We have been born again by his Holy Spirit. And what that is, is that we, again, it's the Spirit of God in us that enables us and gives us the power to live right. We are no longer in bondage to the flesh. If we walk daily in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And then Paul goes on to say in this chapter, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy uh, to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And so because of our flesh and, and, and it giving us a, a struggle or a problem and us having to make sure that we're close to God walking in the spirit, uh, it is suffering. It is dealing with the flesh. There's going to be a time when you know, when we're with the Lord and we have new bodies and we're not going to have to deal with, with um, the struggles of our flesh. We're not going to have to deal with the bad attitudes and the lusting and the, and the covetousness and the anger and all the things that are wicked in our flesh. We're no longer going to have to deal with that one day. So there's sufferings. And Paul 
says, you know, that part of our, our walk is to suffer with Christ. And so it's the flesh, it's the persecution of the world and the attacks and the spiritual warfare that comes from Satan and demonic uh, of principalities, all of those things. Why do we suffer kids? Why are we going to go through, through trials and persecution? Because we stand for God's word. If you don't stand for God's word, ain't no one going to have a problem with you. And all your friends will still be your friends. Everyone will still love you, but that's not a good place to be. As a Christians, we believe in Jesus. We believe that his word is true. We believe that his morals are true. And so when you speak to that and you don't compromise to that, then that's when you face persecution. And so I'm willing to suffer for Jesus because he suffered for me on the cross, right? So if people don't like me because I speak his truth, then that is a blessing. That's, that doesn't bum me out at all. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, he said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Woe to you. For the false prophets, he said, in the, back in the day, the false prophets, everybody loved the false prophets because the false prophets told people what they wanted to hear. But if you're persecuted for righteousness sake, if you're persecuted for the name of Jesus, blessed are you. Rejoice when they exclude you. Oh, they don't call me no more for their parties. Oh, I'm not including in that, in that, I'm not included in that circle anymore. Rejoice. It's all good. You can have your own parties, right? Innocent fun in the Lord. Amen? But one day we're going to receive a new body. And it's going to be glorious. And there's no telling how amazing it's going to be. I don't know. I wish I can tell you. There's, we, we get hints in the Bible. But my goodness, man, when these tents, when these bodies die, oh my gosh, guys, we're going to receive something so amazing. Um, Paul would write in 2 Corinthians to the Corinthians in, ver in chapter 5. He said, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan. And again, where our bodies are referred to as tents. They're, they're temporary. They're not like, we're not meant to, to, to be in these bodies forever. And that's why it's referred to as a tent. Tent is temporary, right? It's, we went to the main camp. They were camping out in the field there. That's temporary. Uh, the, the kids who went up to these cabins were there. That's temporary. Us and our bodies, it's temporary. We're going to get these wonderful bodies, not because we want to be unclothed, but rather clothed or further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. And so there you have it. The reality of our life eternal is that we're going to get new bodies if indeed we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. New bodies. New bodies. And so in verse 22, it says, For, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. 
Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait it, wait for it with perseverance. And so uh, Paul is saying that all of creation groans, right, with birth pangs. Even creation is in a fallen state because of Adam and Eve. They sinned against God and death entered the world. And so all of us have been born spiritually dead, but also we all die physically because of the original sin. Everyone dies. But also creation has been cursed. The Lord cursed the ground for their sake. And so you see around us, we see in, in uh, the animal kingdom, nature, you watch it for any period of time, and it's vicious, and it's violent, and it's deadly. That's why when you go to zoos, they're behind cages and glass and walls, because if, if not, who are they going to try to have for lunch? Right? Because it's a fallen world. It proves. I love how nature proves that the Bible is true. I mean, there I am in Maine, and I'm in, you know, off the grid, and the frogs there, the toads, they, they, they go, they, they sound off from the time the sun goes down to the time it comes up. They don't stop singing. So you're going to bed with, with frogs in the background and then about 20 other creatures that you know not what they are randomly throughout the whole night are sounding off. I'm in the forest, man. I'm, I'm tripping hard. <laughs> you know? And, and so what, you know, Lord, creation is fallen. I understand that. But you also called man to subdue the creatures. So I had that four or five in case anything tried to come in that cabin, it was going to die. <laughs> it just was. And, um, but again, and, and if you look at mankind, man is fallen. Not only are animals vicious, but look at the wicked men of the world and how, 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 how it, the Bible is perfectly true. This world is dying. And um, I shared this in first service. I'll share it again. I, was, I went for a jog this morning and I saw a guy in the park with a hat. And it said, it said, uh, light it from both ends. No, no, no. He said, it said, light it up and, sm and smoke it from both ends. Like It was just like a pothead kind of saying, you know. And sometimes, you know, potheads who try to justify their pot smoking will say, well, it's natural. It's an herb in Genesis. God gave us the herbs. But, you know, you want to tell them that it's a fallen world. It's a fallen world. Are all humans good? No. Why are there crazy, murderous, rapist human beings out there? Because this is a fallen world. So we have fallen plants. We have fallen everything. And, and just because it's a plant doesn't mean that you should smoke it. Timothy Leary, one of the fathers of LSD, referred to marijuana in the 60s along with LSD as a psychedelic. 
It's a psychedelic back then. In the 90s, when I smoked it every day for like two, three years, it was a psychedelic and more powerful then. I grew up during the time of the chronic, you know, with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Now, with the legislators, you know, making it uh, legal, they are making hybrids. They are adding to it. They are messing with it. But even if they didn't mess with it, like in the 60s, it was still a psychedelic. I saw a book on Pastor Ken's desk, and it, and it was a, a researcher looking at the effects of marijuana in, in kids today and people today because it's now everywhere. And the research on marijuana is very little, all right, because apparently scientists and doctors who like to get high don't want to push it. But the effects that it has on people today, they're not saying anything about it that people can stop smoking marijuana for months and months and years and years and have flashbacks and terrible effects and, and uh, you know, uh, um, just psychological effects. It's so destructive. It's sorcery. The Bible says that we're to stay away from it because it's sorcery. It's like doing witchcraft. So if you have family or friends who like to partake from time to time, or they just do, just let them know that every time they take a hit, they're basically saying, Satan, you know, take my soul. Manipulate my soul. I know that's going to be a buzzkill, but tell them. Tell them. And if they don't believe you, just, just, who cares? But tell them. Warn them. It's a fallen world. Creation groans. We groan, Paul says. Oh my gosh, we groan. When, you minister, when you're serving the Lord, all of us in life, we know someone who has physical ailments, who is dealing with disease, cancer, death. No doubt people are groaning to be further clothed with the new body. I mean, I'm 46 now, and it's like, man, I'm, I'm feeling it. And, and this is why it's smart in the Lord for us to say, well, maybe I should watch what I eat. Maybe I should exercise more so that I can stick around longer, at least when it's my time to go, that I don't suffer terribly because I didn't take care of myself. So a good Christian, take that to heart and say, man, you know, can I change some things? I don't want to suffer. Unless, if the Lord tarries, I don't want to suffer in my body. I want to do as much as I can to, to be better. But all of creation groans because it is a fallen world and we're, we're desiring um, to, to be further clothed. But what kind of life are you living knowing that this tent is temporary? And you're going to receive a body from Christ one day that's going to be amazing. Like, what kind of life are we living knowing that reality? That 10 out of 10 of us is going to die unless the rapture comes and we meet the Lord in the air, which can come at any moment. But if he should tarry, 10 out of 10 of us are going to die. And if you want to get technical, we've been dying since the moment we were born. And we're dying as I speak, slowly. What manner of life ought we to live since these tents are going to be put off one day? In 2 Peter chapter 1, write it down. 
especially the kids. If the kids aren't writing it down, parents, show them how to do church. They should write it down. They're students. They're students. They're not here just being entertained. They should have their Bibles. They should have pen and paper and take notes. They will not remember what I said. Show them how to do church. Show them how to worship the Lord. Second Peter chapter 1. For this reason, Peter said, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. So Peter is saying that he knows his time is coming. He knows that he's going to put off this tent and go be with the Lord as Jesus promised him. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.